life in a nutshell. I was conceived by true love and utter beauty from a being who knew ghosts existed though no one listened but he still talked to them and persisted though his father the navy officer beat the shit out of each and every one of his children very often well except his favorite and molested and raped the ones who didn't scream loud enough to make him cease so they called my father crazy diagnosis bipolar but he suffered in silence daily and walked a lonely road from an inward shaman to a scholar defending their cause and being rejected by academia but he fell in love with a woman with a family so oppressed by catholic christians that when she had these visions of angels telling her she was chosen and had a strangely compelling destiny she coldly told them no go away and wailed stressfully thinking who are these strange angels of a deathly odd god whose beastly priest told her native grandmother who hid her ancestry because of racists like clan lovers that she had to have at least a dozen children or she'd suffer hell and for her other grandmother that twelfth child killed her but despite this my mother kept fighting her father told her why try just smile and be a secretary nobody loves a vegetarian eat meat and stop being so scared of everything kids at school were abusive and rude too and thought she was foolish but who schooled who when she got her doctorate and grew to be a translator and a feminist dystopian literature scholar so these two beings collided and grew a being from inside them faded to be a beaming and smiling child only he was born into poverty cuz neither of both of them could get a proper job since no one really wants an anti-colonial scholar in academia i found that out recently the hard way so they starved and fought because the father thought the child was born as an angel and a shaman and the mother thought this was too strange and odd because of patriarchy's deranged god she was taught of so they argued and argued and violent talk became more i could talk of a lot of strange lore a lot more but i may not i'll focus instead on how this hole between both of them gained in depth until they gave up and split and the father went crazy and dipped after fathering a second baby from another goddess in the midst of bipolar mania and depression never to be seen or heard of again yet still very much thought of so the mother being responsible did what all mothers did and raised the kid with love and hugs and lots of affection and tried to give him the best of everything but the grandfather now a commander got him in his grip since nobody had talked of the violence and abuse since silence is so much more beautiful than truth to those that are duped into these views and meanwhile the mother sent him to the best private and ghastly schools which ironically were all catholic too and so the cycle of past abuse was restarted and all the kids laughed at him and made him the bleak martyr they played their favorite game on the playground where they all had a name and he was the monster who chased them even the profs and nuns degraded him regardless of his awesome grades and amazing grace they called him a spawn of lucifer because he wrote backwards with his left hand so they slapped him to correct his manners with abuse of righteousness till he used his right one but they were truly right and he was wrong he was the spawn of lucifer the devil's child to a devilishly vile and truthless throng of toxic gossiping colonial beings if only he had known and seen this as clearly as he does now at the time maybe he wouldn't have smiled at his mom rather than crying and told her the whole truth instead however truly dreadful 
Meanwhile, he played piano half the day since back in the days at the age of three with the swagger of a dainty damsel, and his mother made him practice till he became the youngest lad in the city to enter the conservatory of music. They already viewed him as the next Carnegie Hall prodigy at the age of ten, but he rather favored skateboarding, rapping, graffiti, so eventually the kid grew and predicted he would diss every crew and kid that picked on him and become the biggest criminal that ever dawned and wrote raps about marijuana and society's lies. They tried to fire him from high school. I mean, they kicked him out for his haikus, but he silently moved to another province with his mom and became the thug. He always knew that he was, started doing more drugs and dealing them. Thug life was appealing and he didn't even know about the goddess Kali yet. So his odyssey started, but at the time, so did his mind and its unwinding and startling lack of silence and accurate tidings and thoughts. The voices became stronger with the ganja and coke. Nobody ever told him about the difference between THC and CBD or any illegal construct. Because all the doctors in this society were either incompetents or liars bought by pharmaceutical misers trying to rule and confine us with horrors and abuse of science. So the delusional Tony Montana became a loony bin monster once again. Strange how the loop is endless. In and out of the psych wards, his mother tried hard to keep him in university, but nearly a decade of pursuing this with his curses and no degrees. So little glee and control in his mind that psychiatrists told her there was no other option other than to throw him in an asylum out of province and lock him up with a lot of medication to forever sedate him and calm the violence in his mind. No remorse in their views either. They saw no hope at all in this skewed demon, but the mother refused to heed them. So she kept him and believed in his purpose, kept feeding and nurturing him back to health, and a few years later indeed he was an earthling back from hells, finished his degree and started his masters, working on anti-colonial practices in indigenous literature, dialect satire and the trickster as instruments of resistance, yet still... Like his parents, all he could apparently find and inherent as employment was mostly minimum wage jobs, from staining, varnishing, and flooring to car washes and construction. But now he has a child, and after some brief happiness, his goddess is grievously lacking enjoyment. He has little to offer and little or prospects, it seems. It seems following dreams doesn't pay much, doesn't make enough of a difference, and the stakes are much greater than simply staying persistent. But the mother keeps believing in his guts and art pieces. So she tells him, get a doctorate, they'll sponsor you and you can feed your baby. It seems crazy, but he tries it. What's left for me anyways, otherwise he ponders. He keeps eyeing the other side and greener pastures. Fast forward to a year and a half after, he's a published translator of two best-selling authors, an anti-colonial scholar and an activist with so many shows and conferences, he doesn't know when to say nowhere to stop. So he keeps going for the stars, not knowing they're all suffering as oddly as he is as they glow and shine for us all to enjoy their sorrows and beamings. The next thing he knows, he's so much of an activist that his baby's mom and her dad, along with half of his department, it seems, are actively trying to hack away at his artful dreams like heartless beings. But all his thoughts, regardless as he watches all these scenes of the act he's but a small part of, are that he wishes a lot of happiness and compassion to free them. Because all the goddesses that fostered and taught him from his mom to Mystique, Yimmy, and Phoenix told him that love conquers all. And what streams from inside you is reflected in all that you see and you cannot offer dark to the darkness as tidings. They will scoff it off. So he will keep following his heart and rising till he finds the balance between peace and solace in his gardens and astral asylums and keeps speaking his art pieces and fostering mutant youths in academies and islands.